on episode number 201 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Author, filmmaker, Jan Edwards talks about leading the way in preventing child sex trafficking. I'm going to go talk to your kids. And so we've educated over 16,000 young people and adults in the past five years about human trafficking. And we use our film Trapped in the Trade as the basis for the beginning of the conversation. It really does a lot of the heavy lifting and showing the grooming recruitment tactics that are used that our children don't understand they're being groomed and recruited and parents don't understand what it looks like. So they really can't have that prevention conversation with them. So we're really out to disrupt it by educating our parents and empowering our kids so together we can prevent it. Uh, this is EA, EA Sulkovich from Givers University. I'm the founder and patriarch of Givers University. And we teach folks the profound impact of becoming a giver and uh, the effect that givers can have on our lives versus the effect that takers can have on our life. Uh, on the Beyond Adversity podcast, Dr. Brad Miller impacts your life by helping you to crush adversity and find peace of mind going forward in your life. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to uh, the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 201. So glad to have you with me today. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through, navigating adversity to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. The Beyond Adversity podcast is brought to you by the 40-Day Way Coaching Program. You can head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way for some more information about this program, which will help you to develop your own promised life plan, a plan to get you unstuck from wherever you're at in life to have success in just 40 days. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for a back catalog of over 200 episodes of this podcast where we talk to leaders and teachers and great educators, doctors, financial leaders who will help you to overcome adversity and have success in your life. Let me give you three ugly words when you put them together. It is horrifying. Child sex exploitation. You put those three words together, it sends chills up your spine and makes you feel terrible. You think of children who are abused, sexually trafficked, and exploited. And what are you going to do about it? Today's guest on Beyond Adversity is doing something about uh, preventing child sex exploitation and trafficking. Her name is Jan Edwards, and she is from the organization which is uh, which is Paving the Way Foundation. You can find that at ptwfoundation.com. This is an organization which is committed to empowering and educating to disrupt child 
trafficking, and online exploitation through educational programs. For instance, they have a film called Trapped in the Trade, and they have lots of educational resources at their website. Today on our episode, we're going to hear Jan Edwards' story about how a trip to Ethiopia opened her eyes to the issue of child sexual trafficking exploitation, and that changed her life as she transformed herself from a person who was in, in corporate America and having success and to now one who is an incredible advocate for children. You're going to hear her story. You're going to hear her processes. You're going to learn what she's done about it, some of the educational processes that she is all about. You're going to learn about the film, Trapped Film, and we're going to learn about what she has done. She's been featured on CNN and many other places in the media. She's an exciting guest for you to listen to and for you to understand this incredible problem. The statistics are mind-numbing about child exploitation and trafficking. 10 is the average age of a child being groomed online. Eight is the number of days a predator can groom and recruit a child into sending nudes or leaving home to meet a stranger. 98 is the percent increase in child online exploitation. These are incredible numbers. We're going to unpack these. You're going to learn a lot here today in this process. You're going to learn Jan Edwards' story about how she faced this adversity and she decided to do something about it. When we come back from the interview, we're going to learn, you're going to learn what you can do about this and how you can take action. So please come back on the other side of the interview after we have this great conversation with Jan Edwards on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller right now. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Here's this is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through, whatever adversity you may be facing. And we love to talk to people who either have faced some adversity in their life and come through to a better place or are helping other people to face profound adverse uh, life events. And one area that is really significantly impacted the world in really forever, but certainly come to the forefront in recent years is the whole issue of online sexual exploitation of children and sex trafficking. It is just a horrible, terrible thing. I've have had some experience myself in dealing with this from a ministry perspective, but we are going to be glad to talk to a, our special guest here today, Jan Edwards, who's dealing with this area in life. And she comes from the perspective of one who was in the corporate world doing some really good things there and having some success, but had a pivotal moment, which changed her towards really focusing on this area of life. So Jan Edwards, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Brad. Very happy to be with you today. It is an honor to have you with us. The name of your organization is Paving the Way Foundation, and you are all about uh, helping to prevent uh, child sex trafficking and online sexual abuse, especially of children and uh, the education of parents and so on about all this. I've got a feeling that uh, this wasn't always where you were tracking in your <laughs> life, and I know that you had some success in the business and corporate world, and then something changed. Tell us a little bit about your story, about where you were, what happened, and what focused you towards this area. Sure. Well, I was working, yeah, was working in corporate America and left that, and I was working for a startup. <clears throat> And which afforded me the opportunity to go to a couple of really cool conferences. And one happened to be in New York. 
And I came back and left that job. And at the same day I was laid off, I was invited to the Get Health Summit at the UN, which was a few weeks later. And I went, right? I had nothing else to lose. I already made these connections. So like, I'm going. And it was there that I met this extraordinary man, Dr. Mahari, who has a 501c3 that gathers the dispara of Ethiopia to really make a difference for the orphan children. And we exchange cards, exchange texts, exchanged emails. And where the emails was, I said, you know, he was like, yeah, Jan, you know, we're, we're planning to go to Ethiopia. I can't connect with you until after we get back. I'm like, not a problem. Have a great time. Send me pictures. And he sends an email right back and says, do you want to go? Okay. It's not every day, Brad, to get invited to go to Ethiopia. No, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's awesome. So I'm assuming you went. So I went. Yeah. And if, you know, you're being a pastor, I know you've been on several medical missions, so you know what it's yes. like at the end or med- missions. I know, you know what it's so, like at the end of the day of a mission day, right? You're I've, I've also been on a medical mission as well. So, yes. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're pooped. You give your all for 12, 14 hours a day. And really all you want to do is go home. Eat you have a medical background. I'm just curious. Do you okay. have a medical background yourself? No, but I was working for a medical device company. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm with you now. Yeah. So, so we were there, we we're, you know, coming home from a long day of doing our thing. And it was just a moment in time. It was in Addis Ababa, which has two stoplights, by the way. So you can only imagine what the traffic's mm-hmm. like. And, you know, we were stuck in traffic and I looked over and there were two older men and two younger women and it just didn't feel right. And by the time I, you know, my brain started connecting with what I was feeling, you know, off we were. So I, when I got home to my sponsor's house, I shared with him what I saw. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's human trafficking. Like, oh, let's have a cup of coffee. It was very nonchalant. And I was like, hang on. Wait a minute. Like, what are you talking about? Now, you got to get this is 2013. So you're talking sure. almost 10 years ago. You know, Epstein hadn't happened. R. Kelly hadn't happened. So I'm staring at him. I go, what are you talking about? And he says, Jan, Ethiopia has 4.5 million orphans. We're the number one source of human trafficking into the Middle East. And again, I sat there and and I'm looking at him like, I don't know what you're like. I heard the words, but my brain wasn't connecting. What are you telling me? And I said, hang on. I said, are you telling me people are selling people? Like I couldn't wrap my head around it. And again, he looks at me and he says, Jan, where you been? It's like, this is a $150 billion industry. And I smiled sweetly and said, well, I live in Orlando. We don't really talk about this kind of thing. Right, (laughs) Right, right. So it was right there. It got laid on my heart. And I came home and started to do some research and discover that Florida has the third highest number of calls to the national trafficking hotline behind California and Texas. Now, it's not, you know, it's a good thing, right? Because people, it's front side of the hand, back side of the hand kind of thing. People okay. know to pick up the phone and call, right? Which is good. They're yes. actually taking an action. On the back side is there's a reason for them to take an action. So they're seeing something. And after doing a little bit more research, I discovered that children are the primary target. And I remember sitting there at my desk. And it's sometimes very young children as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember sitting at my desk thinking, hang on. Well, I got to talk to parents. They're my answer. They're my solution, right? Well, this is a little bit of an uncomfortable topic to talk about, and they wouldn't have it. 
So I'm a little bit on the assertive side, Brad. <laughs> I'm like a dog with a bone sometimes. Right. right. And plus, by the way, God gave this to me, right? I'm, I am God's girl. And I'm like, I'm supposed to do what he tells me to do, but okay. I'm like, fine, I'm going to go talk to your kids. And so we've educated over 16,000 young people and adults in the past five years about human trafficking. And we use our film trapped in the trade as the basis for the beginning of the conversation. It really does a lot of the heavy lifting and showing the grooming recruitment tactics that are used that our children don't understand they're being groomed and recruited and parents don't understand what it looks like. So they really can't have that prevention conversation with them. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're really out to disrupt it by educating our parents and empowering our kids. So together we can prevent it. I'm sure you have learned a lot about that whole process and everything that happens in the grooming and all the recruitment. And they're really the six, six, six stuff that goes on. And then, Teaching others is part of what you're all about now. And, but for everybody, I think, Jan, they have to have their kind of a, their aha moment with whatever it is, in this case, human trafficking. And I'll share you briefly one of, one of my aha moments in this. I, I, I live in suburban Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, 10, just almost exactly, uh, we're recording this in late January of 2022. And almost exactly 10 years ago, Indianapolis hosted the Super Bowl, which is coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, long story short, I had friends around who worked at the local airport and people in various ministry. And I was involved, almost everybody in the city was somehow involved with the Super Bowl in one form or another. And I became aware in a ministry context about the enormous issue of human trafficking, basically young girls and boys being brought into to our city from all over the world to service, so to speak, people here came for the Super Bowl. And it was like the numbers that came out were astonishing. And I was part of a group that helped to, you know, to deal with that. <laughs> you already have it here. Yeah. But I'm just saying that this is, I mean, I became aware of kind of the economics of it, how the huge business it was and how, what a pervasive problem it was. So that was kind of my aha moment. I've been involved with some of those aspects ever since with this area of, of life. And I commend you for getting involved, but we kind of have to have that gut wrenching moment, you know, saying, Oh my God, you know, Something's got to be done here. So that's yeah. why I want to go with you right now for a few minutes, Jan. It's one thing to have that gut-wrenching moment. It's one thing to have that 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 moment of transition yourself. It's another thing to have the moment of transformation to do something about it, to take action. So you've said a little bit about it, but go a little further about some of the actions that you took, you know, some of the specific actions you took to respond to this gut-wrenching yeah. aha moment that you had. Sure. Well, knowing that our kids were the target, you know, and nobody can remember this is nine years ago. Nobody really talked about this. We didn't right. have an art career in Epstein to fall back on a go met that guy. Yeah. yeah, that's like happening right here. And I am, you know, I'm, I'm a sales professional by trade. Okay. Right? I grew up doing marketing and sales and management and leadership in the cable industry for a super long time. So I'm kind of like a dog with a bone mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff. And I use great discernment. And so when I have the experience of no, like, no, this is what you're supposed to do. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I am a dog with a bone. So I did market research for about two years. Okay. And really, so you, you did know, your homework. Let's, let's absolutely. put that one there. You did your homework. Absolutely. I went out to the, cause I'm, I'm a true believer that the market will tell you what it wants. Okay. Right? It doesn't really matter what above. So you says. applied your expertise to this 
problem. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm a, you know, problem solver by, by nature and I'm a girl of action. I don't just sit around. I was very busy the past two years. I didn't sit around watching Netflix and eat bonbons, you know? Right. So I am driven by action. I am. And so I just took that and talked to as many people as I could. I went to as many networking events as I got. And I also got some coaching because I knew, you know, I was a trainer inside my organization because I was always starting something new inside our company. So I always ended up training people on it. So, you know, being in front of people is one thing, but really being able to deliver a powerful message succinctly where people move and take an action that takes training. So I have done a lot of training, uh, personal growth and development inside of an organization called uh, landmark worldwide. And then I've also done a lot of training inside of, you know, having personal coaches. I, I, I tell people, okay. you know, cause people are always amazed. So like, Oh gosh, you're this you're, It's like, no, I, I keep taking the right. I just keep taking actions. And if the action doesn't produce a result, I go get some coaching to the gap and then I go take another action. So it's like, I tell people, my parents gave me a phenomenal foundation, right? I've got education, understanding how to operate inside an organization, understanding how to operate inside a, a space. Right. And then I had some phenomenal years inside corporate America and that training development, you know, all these kids that want to go start businesses. I'm like, stop, go get OJT. And get paid for it. Go have someone train you how to be inside an organization before you think you can lead one, right? Unless you come from a family of entrepreneurs and you're raised in that environment, it's just mm-hmm. different, right? And then the third piece, God, God's my foundation, right? I just there, and then I got great training. I am the product of great coaches and great training. So, and then I take like, it and I apply it. It's not like your training was not just specifically on this issue of trafficking for no. instance it was about communication there mm-hmm. were some uh, business dynamics some entrepreneurship and perhaps even some spiritual training it was all involved here is that right absolutely and then okay. i took that and then i you know would literally go out and throw it up against the wall and test it well I you applied it with- you applied it. You, you, I applied it. Yeah. I went out, you know, I bought people lunch and I showed my film and I went through my training program. And at the end of it, I'm like, okay, tell me what to take out. Tell me what to put in. Tell me what you didn't miss. You know, we, we trained and educated probably 150 people before I stood in front of my first child. Wow. So that, that is awesome. But so therefore you not only, you kind of had your research and your development, but then you also had, you know, your go-to-market type of thing, if you will, or your preparation Absolutely. to go to market. And then you, your, your testing phase, if you will. And mm-hmm. then you, 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 you did this. No, that is awesome. So I just want to, folks to understand and learn that yeah, your heart may be broken for something, but sometimes we have to channel our emotional uh, break breaking point into action and application that can really make a difference here. You know, sometimes if we just bleed all over the place ourselves, it, it may be cathartic for ourselves, but it may not be as helpful to the uh, problem. Cause, at, you know, and what's interesting, too, is because I talk to everybody in this space. You know, I talked to Florida Department of Law Enforcement. I talked to Homeland Security. I talked to FBI. I talked to local law enforcement. I talked to survivors like I talked to a lot of people to see what was missing in the market. Yes. And no one was doing prevention education for kids. No one at the time. That I seems think stunning. Of, that's, that seems stunning yeah. to me, really. Because, you know, well, for and, a long and, There were organizations that, that 
were recovering and, and working on the restoration and they were discovering they were having a hard time trying to raise funds when people didn't understand what human trafficking was about. Mm-hmm. So they would go out and speak to it and have survivors, warriors speak, you know, to it and everything right. else. However, they, you know, it, theirs was from a particular point of view. Our sure. kids look at it from a different point of view. And that's mm-hmm. really, it's not only where my heart is over time. Like I'm just, I'm just good at it. And, and I'm clear God gave me something like, I can't even tell you what it was because I've had more people tell me, I understand why kids relate to you. You're just relatable. You're easy to talk to. You're Mm -hmm. easy to understand. You're succinct in your messaging and you're really listening what's happening out there. So you can speak to it. And that is an overtime training phenomenon. Right. That a lot of people don't really grasp is you got to go out and see what's missing back to the bleeding heart piece. I promise I'm going to bring this back around. Sure. Is, you know, if, if your heart is bleeding for orphans, go out and find out what's happening in the foster care system, in the foster parent system, in the group homes, go out and talk to people. And then my favorite question is always to ask what's missing the presence of which would make a difference. What's missing? You know, and the and I kept hearing no one's it was awareness and prevention. No one's aware that this is happening and no one's talking to our kids about it. Yeah. So I'm well like, that, okay, I'll take that. That's, off, that, right? that's in some ways, that's just pure marketing, isn't it? You know, I just finding a need and filling it. That, that, it is. Great. It is. It's not it's really not rocket science, but I'll yeah. tell you what, it takes a lot of work. Well, it also takes something that you've mentioned a couple of times here, Jan. You've mentioned that God gave me something. You've said that a couple of times. And I take that to be kind of the it factor or in the parlance I come from, I'm a retired pastor, a calling to a mm-hmm. something greater than yourself. So let's go there for just a second. What do you think is the importance of connecting to like a higher power or a calling, or as you say, God gave me something, what does that do to help sustain you or keep you going? And what part does that play in the ongoing deal of dealing with an ongoing heartbreaking situation? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm on the front side of this. I'm in the prevention space, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, I hear heartbreaking stories, but we're catching it early. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't been in the life or they haven't been abused yet for dozens of two decades and, and then coming out, right? I We're on the front end of this. So it's okay. quite frankly, the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Sure. Inside of that space, because God is my North Star, you know, and I'm, I get very clear what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do, what my lane is and what my lane's not. And that also brings me deep peace, Mm-hmm. You know, when people go, well, Jan, how come you don't go after the demand? I'm like, because that's not my role. It's not my job. I'm clear what my job is. And anytime, Brad, anytime, because it is frustrating and it is heartbreaking. The past two years have been horrific for us. Our kids have been more exposed to online predatory behavior than ever before. And when we should have been in schools Kids were out of schools and people were being barred from coming into schools, right? We couldn't go in and talk to our kids. Our kids were in danger. Our suicide rate was up. Self-harm was up. And we couldn't let people in to talk. So it was a very frustrating two years for me. And there were days when I'm like, are you sure? Like, do you really want me to, you know, just like, really? And I would, within hours, 
some child would show up in front of my face, whether they were sitting on my lap in a, you know, in an airplane that I, not my kid, right. But Mm -hmm. kids gravitate towards me. God's like, nope, this is why he would always put a child in my face as a reminder. It's like, no, you have a mission. I get you're frustrated. This is your reminder. Why? Yes. And that every time, and that is an affirmation. It gives me clarity and peace to answer your question it gives me clarity because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Two things that are important no here, what question. you're saying here, that your spiritual walk is helping you do. And that is the clarity piece, which you mentioned, which is all about purpose. That's one of the things mm-hmm. I love to teach that you don't really have true purpose in life until you take some action about something that's uh, bigger than yourself, you know? Yes. And then also the peace of mind that comes from that. You know, one of the things that people are seeking more than anything else is peace of mind or mm-hmm. healing from brokenness or meaninglessness. And the way to find that, and I'm sure you had your successes and your affirmations in the, your corporate world. I know you were involved with various things and you still use some of that in what you're doing now. But I'm, I'm thinking that, that this has been a really good thing for your peace of mind and for your, your own mental well-being. Is that a fair thing? Absolutely. Well, and I, you know, as we get older, (laughs) you know, we find peace in things that we never thought that we would. And Mm -hmm. my daughter always used to say, why is it that older people get so much more religious? I'm like, well, we have a little less time here. (laughs) (laughs) Cramming for your finals. Some people say. Exactly. (laughs) Just saying, I, I said, you know, and, and after, you know, over time, the maturity level, you just realize that all the things that were important when you were in your twenties and thirties and even forties, quite frankly, really don't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you've got a roof over your head, food in your refrigerator, clothes in your closet and a bed to sleep on and some, you know, a handful of solid good friends. You know, I was watching Chosen. It's one of my favorite shows. Yes, that's awesome. Yes. I go there when I need solace. You know, I think about they, you know, they tromped around all over the place with nothing more than, you know, the stuff on their back and a a couple of wheelbarrows full of stuff. And and they were doing God's work, literally. You know, I kind of feel the same way. And, and I think when you find that purpose of yours and you'll know, you know you, you'll just know and there's a knowing that comes from having that connection with your higher power, spirituality, it's God for me, that, that you'll just have this knowing of what you're supposed to do and, and the steps and you just keep taking actions. And I truly believe that when you continue to take actions, going in the, in, going in a direction, you feel like you should be going. At some point in time, the universe is going to match up with you. God's going to match up with you, you know? And I think about David and Goliath. You know, he was slaying bears and lions protecting his sheep well before he met Goliath. Right. And then it applied it to to, to the big problem. You got to deal with those problems before you and then go after the big problem. Mm -hmm. And you have been called to tackle a pretty daggone big problem here. And so that means you have to now to apply tactics, disciplines, new ways of approaching things that perhaps in what you did before in the corporate world and things like that. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the disciplines or habits, processes, or things that either you do personally or that you can, part of what you teach others to do. What are some things that people, I'm talking about, you know, disciplines, uh, things that people can actually do. So such a great question. You know, I used to sit on a lot of boards when I was working for corporate America. And the thing that I noticed is most 
501c3s don't really have a, a business plan. Okay. Or a plan or, or a, you know, and look, it doesn't have to be 150 pages. You can have three pages. This is what I'm going to do first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. But really I, having a strategic plan, it's, it's important whether you make it or not, but it's having that goal and going towards that goal and knowing you're going to have to be flexible to get there because there may be roadblocks, maybe bridges out, there may be flash floods, there may be fires, there may be all kinds of things that get But there's away. always going to be something, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's, it's part of the hero's dream. Pandemic the last couple of years. For yep. course. Yeah. And then the other piece too that I, I bring with me in this space, and, and I'm clear on the source of it, right? And it's not about taking credit. I just know what I bring to the table. And, you know, that's really creating a space of collaboration. Okay. And in business, we collaborate. It's what we do. It's how we get things accomplished. And and I think if more 501c3s really took that as to, I'm not going to steal your donors. I, I got my own. You got yours. I, you know, I, it's, I'm not up for that. We're, we're all kind of trying to move the ball down the field together. Sure. So let's figure out how best to do that. In my world, there's plenty of money, right? There's lots of money available. You just got to go find it. And, and having the, the discipline to really manage your, your space and what you say that you're going to do. I've got a, one of my favorite sayings here. Okay, lay it on. If I simply do what I say I'm going to do, life will start to go how I say it will. You know, so honoring, <laughs> there you go. creating that, a calendar and honoring your word, right? And that's a strategy right there. You know, mm-hmm. make a plan and follow the plan. You know, another absolutely way of, another way uh, of putting it. And I love that. And have, having one who comes from the nonprofit space, five hundred one c threes. I've worked on some of those. My, my my doctoral degree is actually in transformational leadership, which is helping churches and organizations to get better organized to do their mission. And so I see that a lot where there's a lot of floundering, especially in the yes. nonprofit world. You know, you kind of have a, you know, you got that broken heart about what the issue is, but how do you get there? And I think that's what you're uh, applying here. And also you mentioned collaboration and that, that emotional connection, which I think has to be deep there. And we have to learn from our mentors and then have all those also people that we mentor. And then also people are kind of, you know, on plane as us, so to speak, that we exactly. work with. and. And so what you're doing now is you are serving other people through various ways about this issue, about the online exploitation of children and, and human trafficking. And uh, you've, uh, for instance, you've created a film and some other things that you have, have done. And so what I want to get, go with you now is this kind of this emotional piece of, of serving other people through some practical, uh, practical means, Jan. So what are the ways that your, that your organization, Paving the Way Foundation, is serving the needs of parents and others as well? What do, what, what do we got here? Yeah, so we developed a parent toolkit over two years ago. I remember it was, you know, right uh, late March, early April, because I started getting calls about kids going missing. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, I got to empower our parents to start figure out how to talk about this. So we developed a parent toolkit that really kind of guides parents to what kind of questions they can engage in a really great conversation with their kids mm-hmm. because parents are our frontline defense. Now, not yes. every home has loving parents. Not every child has someone we can talk to, but I can empower as many as I can. Right. And then we have monthly parent tech talks 
every month I interview someone from around the country about a particular topic. I just had a, a young lady on last well, earlier this month about doxing, which is online exploitation times 100 because they start to go after some very personal things. Right. Mm. And so I try to, cause I, I understand the brain enough that the brain likes facts and data and the brain also likes stories. Yes. So I try to give as much facts and enough data and a couple of interesting stories that something's going to stick. So the parent can have a real simple conversation about like, hey, you know, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about human trafficking and child trafficking. And like, have, have, have you ever heard of that? Mm. And just be quiet. Yeah. And they're going to say what they listen. say. Mm. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, yeah, well, you know, here's what I heard, which it was like shocking to me is, you know, the average age, these predators online start to groom children is between 10 and 13. Like I was shocked. Have you, you know, have any of your friends shared anything about some strange person trying to connect with them? And again, be quiet. And be listen. quiet. Yeah. And you listen, because mostly, Brad, our kids just want us. They just want to be with us and they yes. want to know that we love them and we are proud of them and we support them. That's all they want. And the past two years have been real challenging for them. They've gone straight to their phones. Yeah. Right? And that's, and predators know that and they've gone after them. In and fact, that's the, um, that's the most place for getting their support, but also most vulnerable to yeah, these kind of yeah. situations. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenging topic, but we've given you enough data and tools that you can watch the videos with your kids. You know, mm -hmm. we'll do the heavy lifting for you. And, I'm, and, and I I'm, encourage I encourage parents to watch the movie called Social Dilemma with their kids. It's on Netflix because you'll walk away going, wow, I'm I'm just really a, a number to these people. Right. I, I don't matter. I'm not anything. Yeah. Now it's a they, you know, platform where I can connect. But people will exploit to have mm -hmm. just a whole different agenda than uh, people have. Yep. Tell us about your film, Trapped Film. Sure, it's called com. Trapped in the Trade. <clears throat> sure, it's a short film, it's about 28 minutes, and it shows the intentional grooming and recruitment of children by children. And that is how it happens a lot of times. Yeah. And we use it as our basis for all our training because it does the heavy lifting for us. And we engage in really great conversations following the film about bystanders and bystander syndrome and what actions kind of, you know, could you take inside that environment? And more importantly, you know, what would, what action would you actually take if you saw someone, you know, being bullied, if you saw someone, you know, being enticed to take drugs, if you saw someone who was drugged at a party or a bar, like what would you do? And I'm a huge fan of the Socratic method of education. So okay. I like to ask great questions yeah, and let awesome. them do the thinking. And they yes. come up with some great answers. Let me tell you. <clears throat> well, that that that's awesome. And what a, the film you mentioned and other resources that you have uh, garnered helps get those conversations started. Maybe a tool, you know, because yes. a lot of times I think parents and and uh, their kids, you know, they have kind of a rhythm and a routine of life, and sometimes there's not a lot of direct communication going on about the you know very important things like this. You know, that maybe you're talking about, you know, the ball game at school or whatever, but maybe not this. And maybe this could be the kind of thing that starts things. But also, I think you give a very good, the training piece you give of actually how a conversation might go and training people about those points to shut up and listen. You know, I think that's so uh, 
so important. So what kind of what kind of resources, Jan, are folks going to find on your website? Let's just say you're a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or some other uh, person in mentor mentoring relationship to young people. And, uh, you know, what kind of things are going to find your website that's going to guide them, direct them? What kind of other resources do you have to offer folks? Sure. So, we, you know, we have signs of human trafficking there that they can download. We have the parent toolkit that they can download. And they have a really great flyer called uh, Teen Tech Talk. And it's a flyer of a lot of the apps that these predators use. And we talk about the recruitment and grooming tactics that they use. And, and probably the two biggest ones that I want parents to be aware of is these predators will coach your children on what to say to you. Yes. They will. And they'll say something like, they're smart. I knew they're you smart. were going to say that. Yeah. I knew they told me, my boyfriend told me you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so having a no phone in the bedroom policy really works. Everybody have a, you know, you walk in the door, everybody puts a phone in the basket and we talk for 30 minutes or 40 minutes. It's, you know, connecting with our kids and they're going to fuss about it. Mm-hmm. And you just got to, you know, pull your big boy and big girl panties up and deal with the short-term storm that over time will make a difference for your relationship with you and your kids. Because that it has to do with actually interacting as people, and <laughs> which mm-hmm. is a phenomenal thing because so many people just spend their world just with their nose down in their phone mm-hmm. or their iPad or something. It's like easy. That. It's easy. Yeah. They, I, you know, I, I invite all of your listeners to go out to dinner or go out to lunch one day and leave your phone in the car. Oh, yeah. I go, have that. Go look uh, at the world, right? Go be out in the world and talk to people. It's amazing. When you, when you have dinner with people or whatever, I used to have this real one. Mm-hmm. My kids are adults now, but, you know, but you got to leave your phone in your pocket or leave it at home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And hard to do, hard to enforce that, but makes a, a big, a big, a uh, big difference. And then you find all of that at pavingthewayfoundation.org. And and the website for the film is trappedfilm.com. And uh, some great resources there. Any closing words that you might give, Jan, to that uh, parent who is just kind of scared right now? You know, they've seen some things in the media. You know, there's been some things, prominent things in the media the last uh, couple of years, especially about things that are happening, people vulnerable. What kind of encouragement or uh, words of enlightenment can you give to some parents who are just scared? You know, it's going to take courage. It is. It's, this isn't an easy conversation, but I want to say you're more than capable. You're the parent, right? You're highly capable of asking a question or sharing a fact and then just listening. And the thing that I train our kids and our parents with, I said, should, you know, something happen and you need to talk to your parent about this. I said, you got to get your parents are going to have a reaction and it's not about you. Someone's mm-hmm. trying to harm their child. They're going to have a reaction. You got to give them space and grace to be human. Yeah. And for the parents, I said, you know, if you start this conversation, it, it will not surprise me. It might surprise you that out of the blue one day and you're driving home or you're making dinner or, you know, sitting in the living room reading together that they look up and say, Hey mom, remember that conversation we had a couple of months ago? Yeah. Well, I need to talk to you about something. Wow. It's a very pivotal moment. Yeah. Right. And and you just got to take a deep breath and listen. And they're going to say, you know, I actually sent a picture to somebody I shouldn't have. Yeah. And now I'm really scared and I don't know what to do. Right. 
Your response in that next three seconds is everything, Brad. And it's super simple. It's okay, honey. I didn't know. I'm here. We'll get it taken care of. And you got to deal with it from that moment on. You Right. Con- and you the the real judgment real and condemnation real. are not going to do any good at that mm-hmm. point. No, uh, no. And then you, you know, pick up the phone and call the police and, and they'll take it from there. But it's mm-hmm. just knowing for the, for a child to know their parents got their back. It's everything. Yes. Well, let me reflect with you one more thing that I want to uh, just uh, wish you well and what you're, you're working on here. And yeah. I know you've spoken well to our Beyond Adversity audience here today, Jan, and that is part of what I do is uh, I'm a, a part-time pastor of an inner city church, and we do have an ongoing ministry to homeless folks, uh, mm-hmm. particularly homeless women. We have a homeless women's shelter right across the street from our church, and we do some things with, with folks all the time. And what I've noticed is kind of the other end of what you're talking about here, that how so many women who have, I'm talking about particular women in this case, who have been victimized by some form of abuse, and oftentimes it is online and other ways as well. And the recovery and the re, you know, re- process is so intense and complicated and convoluted in many ways. It is really, really, really challenging. Just yesterday, I had a conversation with a young woman, 26 years old, who was describing some of what we're talking about here today. They went on in her life, uh, toxic relationships and so on. And it's heartbreaking in that end. Wouldn't it be great if we could just greatly impact the uh, need for services on the other side of people being damaged by uh, prevention and so on? So I just want to thank you for what you're doing. Awesome stuff. And uh, for the, again, the the, uh, organization is Paving the Way Foundation. Her name is Jan Edwards, and she's leading the way in preventing child sex trafficking. We thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Thank you very much. In many ways, a heartbreaking conversation, but an also a conversation which gives you hope and some encouragement that there are people out there who are looking to break the cycle of child uh, exploitation and trafficking. Jan Edwards is one such person, and I invite you to check out uh, her website, ptwfoundation.com, to find out more ways that you can get involved with this process. Let me be specific for a minute. So if you want the opportunity to know what to do as a parent or a teen, or as an educator, or just someone who wants to help, then go to her website and specifically go to the part part of her website, which is learning the signs of exploitation. It'll give you some great insights of what can happen even to people you know. Something to do about it. That's what this uh, website, Dr. Brad Miller, what I'm all about is helping people to take action in their life and to overcome adverse life conditions and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Jan found her purpose and what she was all about and has fulfillment. Maybe you can find fulfillment through the process we like to call the 40-day way. You can head on this uh, podcast is brought to you by the 40 day way process, a coaching program where you can develop over the course of 40 days, your promise life plan, a process to get you unstuck from wherever you're at 
and have a plan to make progress in your life and to uh, overcome adversity and achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway for more information about that. We are here to be so helpful to you. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com and see over 200 episodes now of this podcast designed to serve you, where we look to help you to overcome depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. We're here to be helpful. So until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.